Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We are so excited that you are here and uh, we want you to take notes. We want you, we are speaking about marriage, but the truth of the matter is I believe that everything that God gives us God doesn't just isolate a concept for one person. It is a spiritual concept that God begins to build on. And so we can learn no matter what season we're in. Um, my, my wife and I have been doing each one of these together. But, but this last uh, week uh, on Monday, my wife had a little procedure, a little surgery on her leg. And so it's kind of hard for her to move around. So she is going to be preaching with me from the front row. So uh, if she takes over, if she starts talking from the front row, if she starts laughing, then just know that we, we wrote this together. And, uh, and the intent was for us to do it together. But really... Um, you know, I, I want to make sure that she heals correctly. And so we're going to just move right on. Here's the thing is we've been talking about how we do marriage. And uh, listen, our culture is always on to the next thing. We love being on the next thing. And while we are super excited about the sermon series that we have coming up next, which you don't want to miss, it's going to be about stories. And listen, it's going to be very evangelical. And so this one has been more uh, theologically bound. We came right out of kind of a verse by verse. So we've been growing. Uh, but you don't want to miss stories. And so here's the deal. These stories are going to connect with people. And we're doing it so that this would be a time that you can invite a coworker and them hear a simple presentation of the gospel. The Bible says that we overcome by our testimony. So let's hear some testimonies. Does that make sense? So you don't want to miss the next four weeks. It's going to be great. But here's the thing is we don't want this series to become old. This series, we believe it's something that you can go back to. That it can be a resource for a friend in marriage who's struggling. It can also be great for uh, pre-marriage. People are getting married. We feel like everybody who is pre-married, come on, needs to jump into this. I mean, I've had uh, adult singles come to me and go, wow, I think I'm so much more ready to take this step because of the concepts that have been laid out. And so I just want to encourage you, don't just run through this and forget it. Use it as a resource. And the truth is, there's about four or five parenting sermons. There's a four or five financial sermons. There's a four or five heart sermons that I go back and listen to regularly because the word doesn't get old. Come on, somebody. We've been talking about four viewpoints from uh, Matthew chapter 19. I want to read it to you real quick. Haven't you read, he replied, at the beginning, the creator made them male and female. And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife. And the two will become one, what does it say? Flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. 
Two weeks ago, we started uh, this conversation out, and we talked about becoming one. And we talked about we accept God's structure, and we stay in sync. Last Sunday, we talked about staying one, and we talked about how we see our mate as significant. In other words, when we're no longer two, but we are one, that's a significant transformation, and we want to honor that. Today, we're going to talk about finishing as one. Come on. It's really awesome to walk down the aisle, but it's a whole lot better to stay to the end. Come on. And we want to finish as one. Look at this uh, viewpoint. It says that what God has joined together, go ahead and go back to that verse real quick. What God has joined together, let no one, what does it say? Separate. I feel like sometimes, just leave that scripture verse up there for a second. I feel like sometimes we have just maybe a, a, a very small view of what God sees. You know, every word that God says, God sees it in every dispensation, in every time, in every realm, in every culture. So when God says something, it's much deeper. Like, like does that make sense? God, in fact, the Bible says that God doesn't use idle words. So whenever God says something, it's like deep. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so it's our responsibility to dig out that depth and to apply it in every context. So today we're going to talk about keeping our marriage safe and secure. Okay? We believe that we will finish as one if we keep our marriage safe and secure. Anything of value has a lock. Anything meaningful has a place where it can stay secure. Our marriages are both valuable and meaningful. There isn't a marriage in here today that neither the husband or wife would not fight to protect. Listen, me and my wife may have moments where it gets real. But if you come for me, you better know. The nice lady on the front row <laughs> is coming for you. Okay? Does that make sense? Don't think that you can just step to this and her not come for you. Okay? She may not be able to whoop you, but she's got a minivan. And she, and she knows how to drive that real fast. Okay? The reality is, come on, listen. We want to protect our marriage. So how do we do that? We do that internally and we do that externally. Internally, each spouse has to make the decision to finish as one. Externally, there are relationships outside our marriage that need boundaries. Come on, somebody. In order to protect our union. Every union here today is under attack, even if you didn't know it. I'm not trying to scare you. But I am trying to prepare you to stay intentional. God's order will always be challenged, come on, listen, by our flesh. We have to stay vigilant by inspecting our own character, by not giving way to the culture, and by assessing our community. Remember, our example is Jesus, and our instruction is found on social media. Good, you're awake, okay? Our instruction is found um, 
in the latest political party. Our instruction is found based on what the news says. Our instruction is found in the word of God that was written that there is an expectation that we conform to it, not conform to culture. Come on. To finish as one, we're going to have to evaluate our inputs and plan to the end. So here's my question. How many of you have a dream of what your marriage is going to look like 15 years, 20 years, and 25 years from today? Because for anybody in leadership, any company... And we have so many incredible companies in Northwest Arkansas. But I don't know anybody that just goes to work and tries to figure it out. Like they, like Walmart, J.B. Hunt, these people, these corporations are spending countless time, quantities of time. They have people in a room strategizing what does Walmart look like in 25 years? What does J.B. Hunt look like in 15 years? What does, where are we going? Come on, does that make sense? So for us in marriage, if we are just trying to wake up every day and figure it out, you ain't got a plan. (laughs) And the Bible says that without a plan, come on, listen, without a vision, without knowing where we're going, you ain't going to get there. Because knowing where you're going to go causes you not to be distracted because there is a plan in place for what we want it to look like. So I'm going to tell you, I already know my grandpa name. We already have the grandma name. I'm going to be called Chief. She's going to be called Cookie. We're going to... Because grandma's sweet, y'all. Listen, okay, listen, listen. We already know what it's going to... Well, how can you predetermine that? Because I can. Because God, God gave me dominion. Because I'm in covenant. I don't serve him because I think it's going to happen, but I'm not aimlessly waiting around trying to figure out what happens. I'm going to have a house. We're going to have some acreage. And I'm going to have a four-wheeler. And I'm going to have a creek. I'm just telling you I'm going to have a creek. Because my kids are probably going to grow up in the city, so they're going to need to come to the country. Does that make sense? I, 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 gotta, I already know where. I, and so here's the deal. If that's my plan, then I can't do one-on-one counseling with every attractive woman that's 37 years old. Because I have a plan. If I don't have a plan, then, is this too real for y'all? Come on. Is this help? Can, can we just talk a little bit? Okay. All right. What is the plan? plan. Our hope is that you want to have a fun, engaging, life-giving marriage. That the goal is that you are planning for the future. And we believe there are three safeguards that will help your marriage. And I would encourage you to write them down. I know that you're a great mental reminder. You're you're like so so genius. But go and write it down. Uh, and, And just write it down because your wife's watching. You know what I'm saying? Just write it down. Like, girl, this is really important to me. Okay, all right. The first one is this. Be connected. And you're like, duh. 
No, no, no. Be connected. Life is better when we're connected. When Katie and I are connected, we're laughing, we're dreaming, and we're letting stuff go. But when we are disconnected, <laughs> it's not that. It's stressful. It's gloomy in the Sexton house. And we want to be left alone. Because we are disconnected. We have found that connection takes time. We had to learn that life, responsibilities, and weight can disconnect us from each other. Like, we're not talking about sin. Of course, we both are fleshly people and have to deal with sin. But even if you're not engaging in sin, the responsibilities of life, the decisions that have to be made, the weight, the responsibility, come on, can separate you if you let it. It can split you apart. Immaturity can split you apart. The bad things that happen in life can split you apart. The kids can split you apart. The good things that you're doing can split you apart. In the verse that we just read, Jesus told us, y'all don't get split. Like, like it's actually your choices that, come on, listen, keep you together. Relational connection doesn't just happen because you're around each other. That's called a roommate. Stop. Come on. Activity is not the same thing as love. We've got to stay, come on, connected. And so I'm going to give you a few ways that I think that you can stay connected. Because a lot of times we, we think too simple about it. And we actually, through scripture and, and, and just learning and study, we think that there are five ways that you can stay connected. I want to give them to you real quick. Okay? The first is spiritually. For deep connections to thrive, God must be, listen, present. He is the source of our safety and he is the source of our security. Come on. What if I told you that someone had the keys to your home and was going to destroy your family tonight? They have your keys. They have a plan. I overheard them. And they're going to come kill your kids and your wife tonight. What protection would you, t- I mean, dun, dun, you, you, you'd be like, you know, well, I mean, like you would be strapped, right? Like you would be like, Cole, come today, bro. Today, listen, we about to set off some fireworks up at this house. I ain't calling nobody. We're ready. There is an enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the Bible teaches us that we have to be sober-minded. We have to be watchful. Come on, somebody. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around seeking someone to devour. Who does he devour? The one who's weak, the one who's alone, the one who's distracted, and he's just, I got eternity, y'all. I mean, I'm just going to be here since I left heaven. I'm just waiting for you to slip up, loosen up, act up, and now I'm going to snatch up. I'm just waiting. Come on, does that make sense? So for us, we want to encourage you, make your relationship with God a priority. Be brave enough to ask the question, what do you think about when you think about God? What do you think about when you think about God? Do you think that God is like a TSA agent? Where he's busy, direct, and just is trying to get you to move along? 
He's the one that makes you stand still so they can inspect you and search you for any defects that would make you unfit for the journey. Come on. God is not disgusted and unsatisfied with who you are. He loves you and he has an answer for everything that you are going through. If you will put your trust, come on, listen, help me, in him. It is how you see God that determines how close you will get to God. And so if you don't see God as a good father, if you see God as a warden or a principal, if you see God, you will never get close to that person. Ephesians chapter 1, at the end of 4 and the beginning of 5, it says, In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. In other words, God loves you and has a plan for redeeming you. Come on, is this good? Spiritual intimacy with God is built through prayer, Bible reading, and walking in obedience. If you're going to move into spiritual maturity, then we no longer have to act like prayer is just a gift. Prayer is a discipline. Does that make sense? And if we really believe that the source of our security and safety was his presence, then we would run to that over alcohol, sex, drugs. Does that, does that make sense? And I'm not, I'm not down in anything. I, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that you can, if you really had a little time and space and had the, the moment to have some awareness, you could see that even though you might be a seemingly culturally good person, it doesn't mean that you don't have a coping mechanism that you run to when you're tired, when you're hurt, or when you're discouraged. And for some of us, it's not bad things. It's just seven hours of Netflix. For some of come on, come on. Let's talk. Like we're coping, and the only way to get out of the pressure is to leave, go on a drive, do whatever. And none of those things are bad, hear me. But we just got to make sure that we are spiritually, come on, listen, connected. When we bypass the first connection, those burdens and baggage fall on our mate. Or our next closest relationship. And can I tell you, ain't nobody can take all that. Well, I don't know why you don't answer my calls. Because every time I do, it's hard, it's heavy, and I hate it. <laughs> so I go home when I have to. Come on. We have to take that to the Lord. Take that to the Lord. It's important. We, and let me just say this. You're, you're not in charge of your mate's spiritual health. We are mindful that the enemy is around. And we are mindful that the enemy wants to destroy marriage. But, and we are in each other's life for a purpose. Go girl. But, uh. But our heart is to never be judgmental, but observant. Mates, you are observant to the spiritual condition in your home. And so 
Remember, we talked about last week, we're for each other. Everything that we do for our mate flows out of care, not religious practice. Okay? Does that make sense? So you're not walking in home going, did you read the Bible today? How many chapters did you read? Well, I read three. Come on, does that make sense? Like we're leading our mate into a spiritual connection, but you are not the spiritual connection police. Okay, is that cool? Listen, we can help motivate our mate to pursue a spiritual connection. You can say, hey, baby, I think you're heavy. When I'm heavy, I, I, I go spend time with the Lord. Like you can word it in a way where you are a helpmate. Come on. But each spouse, listen, you have to allow that kind of accountability to happen. If you get defensive every time your wife or husband say, let's pray, that is an indication that something in you is defiant toward the Lord. Come on, does that make sense? And so, obviously, the way we say it, tone, I mean, come on, we, we said this earlier, you can be right in concept and wrong in tone, tone, and the whole thing is wrong. So, it is the way you say it. But we want to connect by growing spiritually. So, just here's a couple thoughts. Share what God is speaking to you. Share what you're reading in the Word. Have a moment where you pray for each other. I mean, just the other day, Katie had this procedure on her leg, and, and it was a little bit more invasive than we thought. And so uh, she was heavy, and, you know, they had to take it off, biopsy, all that stuff. And, and so when she came back, she was like, oh. And I could be like, what's up? She's like, I'm, I'm just heavy. Uh, uh, fear. Uh. And, and then she was like, will you pray for me? And I was like, pray for yourself. No. I was absolutely, we're going to pray. Does that make sense? But, but if in marriage, well, my spiritual pursuit of God is a very personal thing. And I just don't know if I can share that. I, remember, I do remember I had issues, y'all. When we first got married, she'd be like, okay, let's pray. And I was like, I do that by myself. <laughs> I do not pray with you unless we're eating. Come on. <laughs> And I had to grow in that. Like it was an intimacy barrier that I would pray with my wife and I would connect spiritually to the Father and have her observing that. It felt a little bit like, close your eyes. <laughs> what are you doing? This is me and him. And so I'm just saying that that is a spiritual Come on, listen, connection. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I want to tell you, maybe it's time for you to meet with your father. Maybe it's time that your marriage, you know, we've been trying to tweak it, and we've been trying to use principles, but maybe we need some presence. And because here's the thing. All relational health flows out of spiritual health. So let me give you four more real quick that are not going to be as long. Um, so we connect spiritually. We connect mentally. 
mentally. Come on, listen. There needs to be mental stimulation. What book are you reading? What business are you starting? Politics, news uh, within Northwest Arkansas, a podcast that you're listening to. Listen, all of this is mental connection. Sharing thoughts and thinking about substance helps connectivity. Listen, if all we're talking about is food... We're not connected on a mental level. And so you want to have, like, you want to talk about something that's substantive, like, like that, that's deeper. So, so we're like having real conversations. And if you, one of you find yourself where you have to stay surface because you feel like deep conversation leads into conflict, so I'm going to avoid conflict, so I'm going to avoid deep, then here's the deal. Your mate will go connect with someone else. On a mental level. Because we need it. And so we want to make sure, listen, listen, that's not an excuse to do that. Okay, don't do like, oh, they are. <laughs> you're saying like, you're getting in a pre-fight when you get home. No, no, no. That's not my, that's not my point. My point is, let, let's talk about substance. Okay? Emotionally. There has to be a moment when, you, when your heart can take down the walls that hurt has built. Can I just tell you, as a mate in a relationship, if you can handle everything on your own, why are you getting married? That doesn't make sense to me. I did not know before marriage how much I would need Katie. She did not know how much she would need me. And the truth of the matter is, Katie was a better human than I was. So she really probably didn't need me at that time. But we make better decisions and we are healthier. And she gives me perspective. And the God moments in her life have actually impacted my life. Listen, staying one means we lean into vulnerability. There are never things in marriage that cannot be talked about. Well, I just don't want to talk about that. Okay, well, we're one, so you don't get to control that space in your heart. We don't have to talk about it today, but I need you to know that I am called to know all of you. And so that even means this part. And I'm not going to push you. But I, I just want you to know, I don't want to know 79% of you. I want to know it all. And I'm willing to stay. And here's the deal, guys. Come on, help. Listen, most of the time that conversation means it starts at 1130. <laughs> You're like, oh, we're doing this now. <laughs> it's, cool. it's cool. We could have turned off TV like four hours ago. I, I, I'd have been down and awake. <laughs> it's cool. It's, now it's three and I get up tomorrow at six. It's good. It's great. I just wanted to do that. I was thinking, what do you want to do? That's what I want to do. <laughs> Y'all are laughing because you know. <laughs> Listen, we got to lean into vulnerability and not believe that emotions are bad, heavy, or inconvenient. Listen to what I'm saying. If you grew up, and for me, can I, I'm just being a little bit of transparent. My mom was emotionally 
all over the place. So I grew up thinking emotions are bad. And so Kate, when Katie would have them, I would be like. <laughs> and then after years, she was like, my feelings are not bad. And I was like, but they feel so bad. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I had to learn how to. Now, she had to learn. She can't. I mean, we're not throwing up. You understand what I'm saying? Like, just because you feel it, there's some maturity you have to walk in. And you don't just go, blah, 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 blah. And then, oh, well, you feel better. And now I feel like I want to go out and do crazy things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you feel better. I feel worse. That, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about everybody has to have maturity, and I had to grow in my maturity to sit down and listen and care and, and, and go through my past in order to connect. And she had to realize there are some things I take to the Lord that I cannot give him because he can't hold it. Okay, come on. Physical. Physical. So emotional. Physically. We, listen, we should be able to hold hands and, and touch and everything not always be about sex. Physical affection is the key to connection. Okay? There should be a desire to feel each other, rub each other's back. All of those things communicate, I love you. You know, it, even if you're not a physical touch person, you're going to have to grow in that area. You know what I'm saying? And so it's crazy, but I was not really physical touch. And so, because I'm super ticklish, y'all don't know that. I'm, so, I'm ticklish. And so Katie would be like, hey, and I'd be like, oh, stop, stop it. And, she, and so, and you know, and she, in her mind, she's growing up, and her husband, she's, they're gonna just, you know what I'm saying, just like kind of touch and lean and hand, hold and hand. And every time she would touch me, I'd be like, ah, ah, you know. And she's like, that's not really how any of the Lifetime movies that I grew up watching, it's not really how that went down. And so I had to learn to, I'm going to hold your hand even though it's super sweaty right now. And I feel so like, 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 but I had to grow in that because I don't like sticky things. Does that make sense? Like, I love my kids. I would kiss them all day long, but I, you just had cereal. Go wash yourself. And so, but, but it was a real, but I knew she needed that. And now I'm learning how to appreciate that. And now I'm like, and she's like, mm. come on. We got to grow in that. And then I think uh, recreationally, just our recreation. You, can I just say this? You're going to have to do something fun together. Keep the fun alive. Don't get so tired or become a bump on a log that you aren't willing to do anything. Like we said, yes, we walked down the aisle. We're going to have an adventure and now you're tired. You sitting in front of the TV every night for four hours, and you're like, you wonder why love ain't kicking. Come on, look at me. Get off the computer. Get off the game. Get off the pot. Get off, you know, I love work, and I want you to work, and I know we're in a competitive market, but at some point in time, listen, you're going to have to stop that, come on, to connect and so we need to go on another adventure. We need to have some fun. And can I tell you, fun does not just happen. It's work and it's effort. You have to make the decision to do something. Go on a walk. Go on a picnic. Play a card game. Start a garden. You know what I'm saying? I would never start a garden, but start a garden. Listen, 
connect in marriage means that you don't get to do everything you want to do. Okay, now listen, this ain't when we were in, you know, high school and the family was like, hey, what movie are we, let's all watch a movie. Okay, what are we watching? Oh, we're watching this. I'm out. Because you didn't want to watch that movie. Well, marriage won't, won't move forward if you don't ever say yes. Like, I know you hate walking. I know the air outside makes you sneeze. Take a Claritin, baby. I'm just saying, like, like we're going to have to, okay? We got to say yes to camping. We got to say yes to fishing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we got to say yes to shopping. No, I'm just, <laughs> stop, stop. I got way too many amens on that. Just, just say some yes. Okay, first one, be connected. Is that cool? Everybody say be connected. All right, second one, real quick. We're going to move fast. You got to set up boundaries. If you got to set up boundaries, if you're going to stay safe and secure, when was the last time you thanked God for the yellow lines on the road? Be honest. Be honest. Listen, listen, we have a new driver, and uh, I, th- there has been many times I've been like, thank you, Jesus, for the yellow line. Thank you, Jesus, for the yellow Because not only are they bright yellow, but they also have bumps. Okay? And so many people see boundaries as controlling, but actually they're protecting. Come on. God said marriage is between a man and a woman. So here's the deal. I'm going to get biblical, and you're going to have to fight not to get political, but I'm going to get biblical. Does that make sense? And so our church will walk the tension of truth and love. We are going to love people, and we know that most sin issues are a coping mechanism for something that broke in life. And we are not going to just point our finger and say, how dare y'all? We're not going to be that people. But we are also training a culture of young people and family that it is our responsibility to teach what is right and teach what is biblical. Does that make sense? And they're not going to get it from culture. Okay, so can I just say that? Okay. God said marriage is between a man and a woman. That is a boundary. The other day, we were watching a TV show. And the first season was awesome. The second season, we were like, ugh. And then third show into the second season, it kind of led you up to this woman had a relationship. And then all of a sudden, the relationship turned out to be a woman. And... And the, in, the, in, the, in, in one episode, they went from, hey, we're a relationship to physical affection. I had to turn it off, and I had to teach. I had to say, okay, guys, let's talk. Here's what culture says. We do not judge people because of what they're choosing. But we as biblical believers have to decide what we're going to believe. And will you let God's authority be the thing that structures you? Or will you allow cultural, cultural sad 
stories to be the thing that governs you. But you will pick one. You will pick a sad story or you will pick the Bible. And that's why the church is confused about a lot of things. And so I'm just talking, okay? So God created two genders, a male and a female, and that is a boundary. God gave us the Ten Commandments, and that is a boundary. Jesus' own life was birth, ministry, and death had boundaries. Come on, help me. Boundaries are helpful. They're not controlling. The world will always want to break God's boundaries. As a Christian, we have to walk in compassion, but also have clarity. So don't ever run to me and go, can you believe who's at our church? Yes, I've been praying for those type of people. I want them to come. Come on, does that make sense? So, But we're going to have to wrestle the tension, and it's going to have to be wrestled in you before anything else. So here are a few boundaries that we've adopted really quick. Okay? Um, let's see here. All right, good. I have a couple more minutes. Are y'all good? Is this good? Is it helpful? Okay, okay. A couple boundaries. There is no mind. In our, in, our, in our marriage, there is no mind. Mine. That word hinders unity. Okay? We teach our kids at a young age, don't say mine. Don't say mine. So now we get married and I have mine? <laughs> Come on, listen to what I'm saying. Saying one is the goal. Saying one is the goal. We're not two, we're one. So, so the iPhone, the iPad, the vehicle, the accounts, we are all in. It is ours. Come on. And I'm not telling you what to do. This is a description of what we do based what we see on the word. But I'm not trying to build a life that is that, that can uneasily be untangled. I am building a complicated thing. Katie has the passwords to everything I own. Her name is on everything I own. If it can't be ours, we don't own it. I don't buy her a dog. It's ours or we don't do it. It's not her kids. It's not my kids. Come on. There is no mine. And I want to encourage you, if, there, if your wife begins to pick up your phone or get on your computer or get on this or get in your truck, hey, what are you doing in my truck? It ain't your truck, homie. Come on. Because here's the deal. Whenever you start to have mine... You don't know it, but you will begin to have a place where you can hide. And I want no place where I hide. Come on. The second thing is we don't do best friends of the opposite sex. This is a boundary. We have chosen not to give our attention to anyone but each other. This doesn't mean that we don't love and care for people of the opposite sex. We have staff relationships, church relationships that we love. We have husbands and wives that are close to us. But we have set up boundaries and we will never go deep in someone's life and begin a two-way connection that leads to emotional depth. That boundary is set up to protect our marriage. This means there are some conversations that we won't engage in. Well, you're the pastor. That's right. 
I'm going to stay the pastor. Well, we, I just don't think, I don't think that, that's, that's not very 2021, I know. We have awesome women of God and men of God who can counsel and can do. And I'm just telling you, well, pastor, what are you saying? Would you? I would in a second. And as soon as you think you wouldn't, you have deceived yourself. You cannot listen to the serpent and not eat the fruit. You hear what I'm saying? And so that God set up boundaries. Come on, listen. This, for us, listen, we want to stay one. I want to finish. I want to be, I want to be chief. She wants to be cookie. So that's how we're going to do it. Come on, somebody. Can I just tell you this? Listen, we're talking about boundaries. Parents take on a new role. Parents take on a new role. It says leave and cleave. That's hard to digest. As a child, we submit to authority. As an adult, we honor. Honor means we listen. We don't say, you can't talk to me. But we are no longer controlled by their wisdom. And we get to make a choice. We honor you. Because of the safety and security that you've provided in our life. And we know that beyond anybody else, you are for us. And so you, you will always have a seat at the table with your voice. But that does not mean I have to do everything that you say. Because I am leaving and I am creating. Does this make sense? And so as we do that, listen. Family is put in your life for a reason. So I'm not, if you're hearing be dismissive, I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. We listen, we learn, but we lean into our spouse. And here's the deal. I have four kids, and I'm already talking to my girls. Listen, I love you. I want you to be around us. I hope you stay in northwest Arkansas. But if, when you get married, here's what will happen. Is you, you can listen, and you can learn. But you will no longer get to lean. You will lean in to being one. Does it make sense? Okay. All right. Cool. I know. (laughs) You're like, I love you. Just say I love you. Just come on. Listen. The last thing is this. We stay in agreement. We're talking about boundaries. We stay in agreement. The Bible says you can't walk together unless you agree. Katie and I are on the same page about everything. Even though we think totally different and we're two different people. It's important that there's agreement on parenting, finances, friends, church, and worldview. We don't, just, we, we don't spend money unless we're in agreement. We don't travel unless we're in agreement. We don't own or do something unless we're in agreement. And so here's what that means. Can I just be 100% transparent? That means there's conflict. And we got to work it out. And I got to get her heart and she's got to get my heart. And so here's the deal. Sometimes we have to forgive each other. Sometimes we have to talk it out. But we rest in agreement, not division. Sometimes it's my preference. Sometimes it's her preference. But we live in agreement. And we want you guys, come on, to live in agreement. Go ahead and turn on the air a little bit. It's getting warm in here. All right. I don't know if it's me or you. Listen, I got got so much talking. Can I just just please blow through this last one real quick? 
Is that cool? I know I've given a lot, uh, but I, we, we cannot do another, ser- another sermon on this. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Last one is this. I'm going to be real quick. Go ahead and put the image up there. The last thing we talked about, be connected, right? The second thing we talked about is what? Come on. Set up what? Help me. All right. The third is this. You're going to have to set up a fence. You're going to have to set up a fence because everybody drifts. Everybody drifts. When we look at the fence, husband, wife, church, life group, friends, serve team, ministry, area, office where you work, friends, mentor, people. Listen, we know that the Bible tells us there are sheep, there are goats, and there are wolves. So the fence that you're providing is you're getting ready for those relationships. Because you know those relationships are biblical. Like they're going to happen. And so we've got to do the work. And, and here's all I want to say because we're running out of time. Ben, y'all go ahead and come up. Is we believe life groups. We believe other married couples, other singles, people in your seasons of life are very, very important. Fences have to be built and they have to be maintained. Okay? So here's the deal. Let's just talk about church life. This last year, we've seen a lot of relational fences break apart. COVID, racism, heavy pressure things. And here's what I want to tell you. Is you're going to have to rebuild your fences. We've all traveled down wonderful subdivisions that four years ago looked great. But now the fences are ratty and tattered and they don't look sharp and they're not kept and there's holes in them. And I am telling you that if you have that end goal, it will be because of your proximity to the Lord. It'll be the boundaries you set up. And it'll be about your fences that you have where you allow people. There is no, listen, you are a king's child, but you are a brother and sister. And so you cannot always be right. You cannot always be the one that gives the word. There are times that you give the word and there's times that you receive the word. And it's your responsibility to allow people in your life to say, oh, you're being too much right now. Or, hey, you know what? We need to go golfing. We need to talk. And you're going to have to allow that. Listen, I'm, we're not talking about principles. We're talking about friend, pr- principles, authority. We're talking about friends that you allow in your life to challenge you to good works because that's what the Bible says the church does. We challenge each other to good works. And so here's what they say. If you've built fences, build them again. If your fences have fallen apart, build them again. And for the rest of your life, you are in charge of your fence. Other people are not in charge of keeping your fence together. Build it again. Build it again. Come on, does that make sense? There's another wave of people coming in. There's another group. And here's what happens. Every time a wave leaves and a wave comes in, your voice and stability gets broader and your influence gets better. And so I believe that the fences that we're building are better than even what we had before. Because God moves from glory to glory. Come on, is this good? Was this helpful?
Okay, okay. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap. Come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.